0: Hi, this is Andy of Andy's personal development and we are currently live in the breakout room so welcome and welcome and we love being here for you with quality and value to inspire and to transform. Remember we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and iTunes. Today as usual we have a special guest to share with you for your development and growth and to live your better informed life. So grab a cup, pull up a seat and stay tuned for the introduction right here now live in the breakout room. Welcome my people, my tribe, my family. This is the official launch of the lovebits A channel presenting Andy's personal development twice. Yes, we have a podcast that has two names which is the same, one that is hosted by Anchor and the other one by the Podbean Network. This version of Andy's personal development is going to go back down memory lane, a special episode of The Breakout Room and the guests who made valuable contributions to the podcast during the past eight months. People like Jenny Mannion, Daniel Goodenough. Anthony Muriri and Dr. Manny Hill Fedoraro and much more to share with you as we go down memory lane on this special episode. Remember we desire for you to be healthy, happy and prosper. So stay with us and enjoy the memories of value and inspiration just for you. We're going to begin with Daniel Goodenough. He has invested a lifetime of research to discover and create processes, services, systems and platforms to support individuals, teams and enterprises to live their vision and unique life mission in the way the world most needs it done. Daniel published The Caravan of Remembrance in 2016 and then founded The Caravan of Remembrance Enterprise with the intention that anyone, anywhere, anytime, under any circumstance, members enough to want to know why they are here and have some help in doing it, that there will be a way and we need a person to help them with that. And so I want to bring you a part of the episode with Daniel where I ask him a question about his past. If he could change anything about it, what would he have done? What would his choices would he have been? His answer is very interesting. This is what he said. And coming out from what you're just sharing, I, I understand the, the power in it, in terms of that sense of realization at that early part in your life and the many aspects of your careers that you would have created for
1: yourself. But looking back over time, um, if
0: you were to do anything different or change anything, is there a possibility that it exists? And if so, what would it be? What would you do? Anything at all different? If you could, I—if
1: there was anything, I might have been more a little bit more courageous at some of those junctures. All right. That, uh, as I, I think I shared earlier, I actually was a kind of a shy person. Uh, I'm not an extrovert, and uh, there were there were occasions where I had opportunities that. Uh, I didn't fully step into because I was a, maybe too shy. And uh, so if I could do anything, that, I wouldn't say there's anything I would have done differently about what I actually did. It might be more about what I didn't do. So I a mean, that thing where they say on your deathbed, you never regret what you did. It's only the things you didn't do. So if I had to say what I would have done differently is I might have been a little bit more courageous at a few, a few of those occasions. Okay, great. All right,
0: daniel so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a short break then we had jenny mannion jenny mannion is an author energy reawakener and self-love activator an international best-selling author speaker highly sought after intuitive self-love activator and media personality it was true healing herself from seven years of several debilitating chronic diseases in three weeks, that Jenny found her passion to help others. She's an intuitive healer, mind, body, spirit mentor, and energetic catalyst who inspires people to connect with their inner power, develop greater healing and expansion, and create the lives they desire. I asked Jenny, what about the times when you were going through your struggles? what was the kind of support that you needed how was it like for you in addition to that what advice would you give to people who are going through similar situations and struggles like yours with physical illnesses what would you say to them Her answer was very intriguing this is what she said in reply i'm
2: I, i did have moments of joy i did have people i loved very much in my life i was very uh, aware of that you know my mom was like my closest supporter i was married at the time i had my kids so there are always things to be positive about but when mm-hmm. you're in chronic pain it is yeah. a tension getting and uh-huh. the frustration of going to doctors and getting more diagnoses of arguing with my doctors because they didn't want to go on certain medications it wears on you going for more and more tests being in doctors offices frustrated I guess a lot of time very frustrated and feeling like the more I researched it, the more I didn't get any answers really for healing. And I never really got that. No one said to me, no one asked me about my mental what you know wellness, how Mm -hmm. I was doing with everything. No one asked what I was doing to take care of myself during that time. Mm -hmm. It's really just kind of prescribing drugs for pain or you know, really those limited ideas so i had kind of adopted them i had joined support groups and done what you're supposed to do quote unquote when you get ill and read books but even that wasn't very inspiring a lot of the support groups were people kind of one-upping each other on how bad their life was uh i did have just not a lot of inspiration through the books I was reading. A lot of the Mm -hmm. books on chronic illness are like, oh, have a funeral for your old self. You're never going to be that person again. So it wasn't very Mm -hmm. inspirational. Um, Uh I did certainly have uh, things that I loved. I loved reading. I loved certain things. In the beginning of my illness, I was able to still dance, do yoga dance. That helped me a lot. I did look to things to help me through that.
0: Okay. Okay. So. Tell me something. I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and, and what is reaching out to me is that you didn't have the support mentally and so on that you thought what was necessary at that point in time in your life. And you had to go searching. Is it possible that during that period of time you found what you now call self-love as you are considered as a self-love activator?
2: Oh yeah, my self-love was non-existent at the time, really. (laughs) It's interesting that when we get sick, we beat ourselves up even more. We're not supportive and loving. We're repeating our limits to ourselves. And I definitely was. I was judging myself. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough daughter. I'm not a good enough mom. All of those things aren't very healing messages to be sending to your body.
0: Right, right, right. Okay, great. So what advice, Jenny, would you give to people who are in a similar position to where you were what would you say to them now And they're looking for answers and they are trying to figure out where do I get support? How do I get someone to understand what I'm going through and finally find a way to break free from this, this, this shackle of illnesses. What would you say to them as a form of advice?
2: There are a few things. Just one. Uh, well, gratitude is definitely the most important. If I had to say like yeah. one tool, tool that yeah. helped me to shift, consciousness the most it was gratitude because we get in this negative mindset of repeating these words to ourselves but when i started shifting to i am grateful i have a comfy bed to lay in i am grateful i can read to my kids even if i can't run after them the way Mm -hmm. i want to
0: okay and
2: really focusing on the gratitude that is the number one thing also the love for your body is really important we tend to send negative energy to the parts that are hurt i know when my legs were the worst pain where I had the most pain. And I was always kind of bad mouthing my legs and sending Mm. negative energy there. What's the matter with you? Why aren't you working? You know, so Mm. disappointed. So sending love and gratitude to those parts of the body that are ill is really important too. And, you know, it's, it's amazing, Andy, because our body runs countless systems during the day, right? and we really rarely ever give gratitude. We rarely pay attention to our body unless it hurts.
0: Next on the journey, we had the man from Kenya who now resides in Greece, Anthony Murui. Anthony is an international motivational speaker and writer, host at BookPlaceMedia.com, and trainer and coach at Greatness Academy. He has over a hundred thousand social media fans, and is the author of. Be good for good and also achieve your dream. I asked Anthony in this excerpt, What did you do when it came to mentors in your life? Was it one or two persons? And what was the impact that they would have had on your life? His answer was quite comical, but food for thought. This is what he said Yeah.
1: Every
0: day. Wonderful. <laughs> so, Uh, following up on that, if you had to choose, uh, any person or persons who would have had a really positive impact upon your life, uh, maybe from a mentoring perspective or someone that you would probably have look up to with regards to the high standards that you want to, to, to achieve, who would you name? Would there be more than one or two persons that you would have looked up to over the years, so to speak? Uh,
1: good question. Because I remember earlier in life, <clears throat> when I started to hear people talk about my mentor, my mentor, and even up to these days. Yeah. When I hear people talk about my mentor, uh-huh. You can be <clears throat> deceived to think that a mentor is one, uh, or rather that you can only have one mentor in life.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and because, and what what happens is in life, you, you don't have someone who's hundred percent. So. Yeah hundred percent in everything
0: yeah
1: i mean you cannot be gifted in every area of your life yeah hundred percent yeah so if you are looking to live a full life then you better be having a mentor for each area that you want improvement on
0: ah that's interesting
1: if you want to be a good speaker you can choose your mentor to be less brown mm-hmm if you would like to be a... If you aspire to be a president, maybe you can say my mentor is Obama. So Whether, okay. you, whether you be president or not, you are living with a mentor who you... And every time, every... <laughs> if you want to be a successful Christian minister, not all of them that you would like to follow.
0: Yeah, true.
1: Even though... We are going to heaven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> aye, aye, aye. So, so, yeah.
1: Uh, to cut it short, I have many mentors. And you asked me to mention, yeah, I have uh, less brown and motivation now. Oh, that, that, that would be a very big list. So, yeah, that would that, that be the, what I have to say.
0: Next on this special episode, Dr. Marnie Hill Fodoraro. She is a narcissistic abuse survivor. She says, I am passionate about encouraging others to live a better life and fulfill their purpose. I discuss the struggle with understanding family trauma and staying true to your values so you can grow, develop and self-actualize. I am the author of the 2020 Best Books Award-winning spiritual fiction, God Came to My Guarantee. Prominently endorsed by James Redfield, the best-selling author of the Celestine Prophecy series. I asked Dr. Mani about something in her life that was very personal and precious to her. This is what she said in response. Very interesting by Mani. Yeah. you have been so kind and generous with your information and your sharing we have a few more questions for you sure and i see that you are also a contributing writer that's correct
3: um well yes you mean in anthology books
0: yes that's right yes yes i've
3: participated right. in five anthology books actually one comes out tomorrow Oh. and it's entitled yeah the other four have been out for a long time but the book that is going to be released well i don't know when this is going to be streaming but december 7th it's called we're all in this together embrace one another and i am just so honored to be part of this anthology collaboration with people from all over the world sharing a story that You know has made a difference in their lives but with the common thread of that we are all one people and we should embrace one another and and we're all in this together
0: (laughs) sounds positive and definitely something to look forward to yeah Uh, i'm thrilled to be
3: part of that book
0: okay great in all the the ontology books that you have contributed to, which one do you think carries the most powerful and decisive message?
3: Wow. Well, i I've I'm in, and like I said, I've contributed chapters to a number of these books. I would say that there's one one book it's a blue talks book Um, oh okay it's blue talks presents uh b l u b Mm -hmm. stands for business Mm -hmm. l stands for life and u stands for universe okay and um actually the blue talks series is pretty amazing and uh the founder is corey poirier out of canada Mm -hmm. and he's got i think uh, four or five volumes, and he's just amazing with his own work, but also in supporting other people and and what they are writing about. And and that particular, I'm in volume two of that series. Okay.
0: Okay. And
3: um, that's also um, contributing to me um, speaking at Columbia University at New York City, uh, which was postponed right now but you know hopefully in the future that will happen but Mm -hmm. my contributing chapter is going from an atheist to a believer and and that is you know my real story and i think that that's pretty significant because it's a real life change to okay go from non-believing just that we are here for a very temporary time on earth to the belief that our souls never die and that you know there's uh there is an afterlife and it's something i never really believed in you know for most of my life but um because of the evidence and all the research and my own personal experiences i I have that belief now and um and that was life-changing for me
0: okay wonderful as we continue with the journey back in time, I want to introduce my brother, the man, Eric M. Twigs. He is known as your procrastination prevention partner. This is Eric M. Twigs. He is an expert in overcoming procrastination and the author of the discipline of now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. He has conducted over 28,000 coaching sessions with entrepreneurs over an eight year time frame. Successfully led teams of 500 or more people with responsibility for over $50 million in annual revenue. He's an award winning speaker and a member of the National Speakers Association. I asked Eric about his take on the word procrastination what was his most defining moment his answer was quite emotional and very instructive here's what he had to say in response to get right into the thick of things when you hear the word procrastination eric what are some of the things that come to mind as you are now considered as an expert in dealing with the challenges of procrastination what's some of the things that comes to your mind when you hear the word procrastination well, procrastination is all about delaying
4: the action that you know you need to be taking, right? That that's really the bottom line. And it's a solid killer that if you're not focused on overcoming it, you it can hold you back from getting to where you wanna
0: go. Okay, great. Um, what I really would like you to share with our audience is how did you come to the point where you realized that this thing was a monster and you needed to do something to overcome it yourself what was your personal experience in dealing with procrastination for me it all
4: started in college i was a senior at hampton university Uh here in the united states and i was having this conversation with a good friend of mine named Uh donnell And I have to admit, Andy, in those days, he and I were a little different. He was all about his purpose and I was all about the party. And he would always give me a hard time and say, Eric, you need to get focused and figure out what you want to do with your life. And I'm like, man, we have plenty of time to figure that out and focus on goals and all that. Are you coming to the frat party with me or not? (laughs) And so several weeks go by, I don't talk to him, but I get a phone call from his mother informing me that he was killed in a car accident oh man changed everything for me it sent me a message that maybe i don't have the time that i think to do the things that i need to do and from that moment on i've just been hyper focused on overcoming procrastination paying close attention to how i'm spending my time and having clear goals
0: Our next guest live in the breakout room, our friend, Mary K Savaris. Mary is an author and speaker. She wrote an award-winning novel entitled, Tiger's Love Bubble Baths and the Obsession Perfume. Who knew? An emotional exit, I had to come to terms with why my family unit as I knew it was dead. What I mean is that the babies I raised, the toddlers I nurtured, the teenagers I stayed up waiting for into the wee hours of the night were gone. I asked Mary about the two-minute program she hosts on YouTube and her very thought, her strongest thought about what she would say to people who are struggling in the world. The answers were quite interesting and informative here's what she had to say in response
5: the manuscript now
0: (laughs) (laughs) sounds good thanks for sharing um what is the two-minute author and what inspired it and, and and what did you hope to achieve by bringing that on as a program I believe it's on Facebook
5: it's on YouTube
0: YouTube. But, oh, yeah. Yes,
5: you do a lot of investigative work, Andy. You're, <laughs> you're amazing. It's better you know, what I need to do. <laughs> you know what I thought? Two minutes. Um, uh-huh. You can grab somebody's attention for two minutes. Yeah. So I started to speak in terms of um, people's like, if you're looking to become a writer in the, w- um, within those two minutes, I mm-hmm. did like a year's worth or 12, 12 segments worth where I talked about the editing process, um, believing in yourself and things like that. But I figured for two minutes, mm-hmm. I'll have your interest. After that, okay. you lose people.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, um, as, as a public speaker, we have been told on many occasions, listen, if you didn't get their attention, if they didn't connect with you in the first two or three minutes, yes, boy, you got to work twice as hard, sometimes three times as hard, just to get that energy connection back between you and the crowd. So I understand what you're saying. Um, looking forward, Mary, there are so many people that are really struggling uh, in the world today, and I've I've had the the privilege and sometimes the misfortune of dealing with some of them and having to advise them and give them counsel and guidance and so on. But if there's anything that you can say to the people in the world that need to understand how they can live a better life, how they can achieve happiness, Mm -hmm. prosperity, and good health, what would you say to them? What would be your strongest message to the world?
5: Mm, I feel like crying right now. I would say say (laughs) you're worth it. You're worth it. And um, you need help. um, Have faith in God.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
5: And try to get help. And if you have faith in the Lord, um, I think they can help you through. God can help you through many things. You have to sometimes, you know, have that faith in yourself. And if you tell yourself you're worth it, then um, that's a starting point. And try to get help for your mm-hmm. the issues everybody deals
0: finally people as we continue going down memory lane this is our last guest on this special episode of andy's personal development as we reminisce the past eight months on the podcast his name is pastor bill jenkins pastor bill jenkins is a senior pastor of Destiny Land christian center He's also an award-winning author. This is Pastor Bill. He has written The Prophetic Almanac 2022 and also The Rapture Manifesto. I asked Pastor Bill about his childhood days and the impact that someone special in his life would have made with regards to what he's doing currently in his ministry. His answer was very emotional, very instructive. Let's hear what he has to say. Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are live in the breakout room. Welcome to
6: Pastor Bill Jenkins, the man of the moment. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I am doing great, and I love that little introduction. So you made me feel (laughs) super important today. So I love that. Thank you so much. You're welcome, So Thanks for
0: coming on the show, and you are the man of the moment. So, here we go. First of all, I'd like you to share with us, with the audience, what was it like as a young man growing up for Bill Jenkins? Was it a community thing? Was it a family thing? What could you recall from your childhood days?
6: Wow. Well, you know, uh, I probably didn't have the best of childhoods. Uh, My dad was... Uh, an alcoholic. He owned a bar. He was drunk every day for over 15 years. Uh, (laughs) He was abusive to my mother. I was mostly raised by a single mom, uh, but my mom encouraged me, even though my dad did a lot of bad stuff, to uh, continue to be a part of my father's life. And so, even though my dad owned a bar, my mother would take me to see him and would encourage me to spend time with him. And so, I played a lot of sports, it kept me out of trouble. My mother was probably the best mom that, you know, God ever made in the world. You know, uh, yep. she's gone on to be with the Lord, but, you know, uh, she was a fantastic mom, taught me how to love. And uh, that's really what my childhood consisted of. I was born and raised in the city of Chicago. And when I say city, I mean city. I had to go through several gang turfs in order to Mm -hmm. get to school. And my best friend uh, was the actual leader of the Latin Kings at the time when I was a king. So I didn't really know that much about gangs, but even the Lord back then sort of connected me to a guy named Freddie Matoya, head of the Latin Mm -hmm. Kings in Chicago, Illinois, in Mm -hmm. Logan Square. And so uh, we became friends, and that was sort of the foundation that changed my life. But that's a little bit about my childhood. Great. And how did that impact upon your life back then? Was it
0: traumatic? Did you learn many things? How was it for you? How was the experience? How would you describe it?
6: Yeah, I I think at the time it was, it seemed, you know, so hard and so harsh. We were very poor. Uh, I didn't know how poor we were until I actually took my family back to the (laughs) place where I was sort of raised. And it didn't seem bad at the time, but like when I went back, it was like, wow, uh, I guess I really was as poor as what I remember, maybe even more. Um, But, you know, I think having a mother that taught me to love my father, even though he did a lot of bad things, uh sort of taught me how to love and laid the foundation uh for me to be a part of ministry and to understand god more and so i think my mother was like the key person in my life who really taught me how to love and showed me uh what life was really all about and so Uh, There was a lot of bad things, but I don't have like resentment or bitterness. And I think it's because my mother was such a forgiving person. She uh, sort of passed that on to me. And I learned how to take those, uh, you know, sort of stumbling blocks and turn them into stepping stones.
0: Very interesting. Thanks for sharing. I'm hearing so much stuff about that connection between you and your mom and the kind of virtuous things that she would have taught you as a good mother should and would. Tell me, as you are a pastor now, do you find that experience helpful? Are there things that people in your congregation, your neighborhood, or who you meet are going through that you could share with them from that time that you had with your mother and you learned so much about love and family and to forgive? How effective is it now for you as you're doing this ministerial work as a pastor?
6: Oh, in many ways, even before I went to church, it was it was kind of like looking back that my mother was sort of my first pastor. You know, she wasn't like the most spiritual person or the most religious person at times, although she did get saved and brought me to Mm -hmm. church. Before that, you know, she taught me so many things that I didn't even realize I would use for the Lord and use in ministry. And so it's just those basic things, you know, that Bible school can't teach you, Sunday school can't teach you, the pastor can't teach you. It's sort of that firsthand revelation that you get from somebody who just you know sort of trans transfers it to you And it was that ability to love, that ability to forgive, that ability to understand, to never look your nose down at somebody, to understand that, you know, we're all the same. We're all unique. You know, there's not one that's better than the other. I think those little principles are just a couple of the things that my mom taught me that I never can forget. They're always there. And even though my mother is in heaven, I still hear her voice all the time, you know, telling me little things and giving me little nuggets. And so uh, those are probably some of the lessons that, you know, will be be with me forever right
0: and so we have come to the end of our journey down memory lane that road that had so many interesting characters who helped us to build and to focus on the importance of life its values and our many opportunities to overcome all our challenges and live a better informed life Daniel Goodenough, thank you for your remembering caravan. We want to thank Pastor Bill Jenkins for his personal story and his mother mentoring him to be a better person as he pastors his congregation. Jenny Manion, overcoming seven years of deliberating sicknesses so that she can now be called the self-love activator. Dr. Marnie Hill, for the RARU inspiring and also awesome lifting story she has shared with us. Anthony Maruri came from Kenya and went all the way up to Greece. Motivational speaker and author. Very interesting story indeed. Eric M. Twiggs, the man who can help us to put aside Procrastination. Do what you got to do now. Do not wait for tomorrow. It is not promised to any one of, of us. And last but not least, Mary Kay Savaris, who overcame anxiety and other testing times to become a source of inspiration and and water as well. We thank them so much for making the past eight months inclusive, so powerful, so endearing and so fulfilling as far as value for your lives and happiness and so as we continue on andy's personal development we want to grow strong like trees yes and remember the tree watch health happiness and prosperity and who says we cannot have all three coming together so continue to support us continue to be with us to subscribe to us and remember, we'll continue to work together to bring you the information that is necessary for you to live your better, informed life. Seeking your happiness, your health, and your prosperity. Adding value to your life. This is Andy, saying bye for now. Remember, continue to look forward to God's Godspeed. Shalom. Namaste.